0: Hello friends. Welcome back to the New Evangelicals podcast. How are you? I hope you are doing well. Hey, I'm going to reverse the order. Usually I talk about my guest on this episode, but I actually have an announcement that's really important to me. And I just want to share very briefly just um, this announcement with you all. So thank you for listening. So here we go. couple big pieces of news for New Evangelicals. Number one, we officially have merch. Woo! That is awesome. That is great. I am pumped about that. Um, It's been a long time coming. I've been working with a few people behind the scenes. I'm really happy with this merch line, including um, what I call the Jezebel Spirit line of merch, which you can uh, click on in the show notes. I'll I'll link that. So I'm pretty happy with this stuff for sure. I just want to say that um, any purchase of merch goes right to the New Evangelicals. It really helps me out a lot especially with covering um, things like uh, Zoom subscriptions and web hosting subscriptions and all that good stuff. And the other piece of news is that I officially have a place where people can donate. Now let me just say something really quick because my evangelical sensibilities are triggered once anyone brings up donating. So I don't feel very comfortable talking about offering ways where you can send me money. But I just wanna be very transparent with everyone who's a part of this community. I'm just speaking truly from my heart. I'm speaking off the cuff. So here I go. I love doing this. I plan on doing this for as long as possible. I love running the podcast. I love the Instagram account. I love the Facebook community. I love doing Zoom groups. In fact, we're now doing a monthly Zoom group about deconstructing that will happen every single month. And we have plans. There's an advisory team in place. I have an admin. We have a graphic designer. We are really trying just to expand because people that come across this stuff tell us all the time how much it's helping them and that's that's what i want to be able to offer to people as as my gift right taking my abilities my talents and just giving them as freely as possible However, this stuff takes a lot of time. In fact, I I did the math. This past week, I spent about 25 hours on Instagram alone. And again, I love it. I respond to every message. I create the content. I love the conversations, but it takes time. And so to be frank, having the option to donate is just something that is very helpful to me to help me keep growing this along with the team. So all of your money goes pretty much right back into New Evangelicals. I have a Buy Me Coffee link I discovered. Covered that website a few weeks ago, so I made an account on there. If you have the ability, okay, where you're able to donate either as a one-time or as a monthly, um, you know, help, that would be greatly appreciated. And let me also say this really quick: I never have any intentions ever for as long as we can help it, ever. Of hiding anything behind a paywall. Okay. So if you if you become a monthly subscriber, you get my thanks and I am grateful for it. But what you're doing is you're enabling your talent and gift, which maybe is having some discretionary money and letting that help other people have access to all the content that we all share together. I know some accounts do Patreon accounts and some people give exclusive content and exclusive access. I totally get that. It's just not how I want to go. I don't believe in holding help back for financial reasons for anyone. So this account is totally crowdfunded. Uh, It's just, you know, all the content is available to everyone. So if you feel like, hey, this is something that we can do and you want to donate, it would be greatly appreciated. But please don't misunderstand. There is no pressure to give. Yes, it helps, but I get it. Listen, I'm on a tight budget, okay? I live in New Jersey with a wife and a son. We are on a very, very, very tight budget trying to make it work. So I totally get if things are tight. Do not feel guilt-tripped into doing that. But I just wanted to share this stuff. I know it's a little awkward for me, but I'm going to just be bold and say we have options. You can buy merch, and you can also donate. Both of those links I will put in the show notes. So thank you for listening. I hope you understand, and I appreciate everyone here who has made the New Evangelicals what it is. Honestly, this is no longer just about me, and this can never be about me. It has to be about a community who is trying to push the Christian faith forward, and frankly, we're trying to reclaim the evangelical church. So Okay. I'm all done with that part of this. So thanks for listening. Let's move on now to the actual show on this episode of the podcast. I have Stacey Frenes. I think I said her name correctly. If I didn't, I am so sorry. She is the author of Love Makes Room and Other Things I Learned When My Daughter Came Out. This is a very good book. Um, I interviewed Stacy before the book came out. We had an amazing conversation. So Stacy will share her story, but essentially her daughter came out to her when Stacy was still heavily involved in evangelical church. She made, she made her living as a musician in the church, and we talk about all that, about how that changed Stacy's life, about how her theology had to shift, and where she is now. So this is a, such a great episode. As, as a parent of a, a, a 12-month-old, this was helpful for me just. To know what to do and just um, Stacy's wisdom. So I really appreciate it. So if you like this episode, of course, don't forget to give us a rating and a review, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, here we go. All right, I have on today's episode Stacy, who wrote the book Love Makes Room, coming out May 11th. Is this your first book you've ever written, by the way?
1: Uh, no, it's my second.
0: Oh, okay. I had someone on a few weeks ago, and I asked them this question. I'm going to start off with this one. How difficult is it to write a book? Because I feel like I have all these thoughts, but the idea of organizing it and making chapters, I mean, is is it difficult to do for you?
1: It's getting easier. I mean, this is my only my second book, but I also do. um, I'm also a freelance editor on the side, which I've been doing for the last five years or so. So I'm learning more about the process. And it, it, you know, like anything, it gets easier, the more you do it, the more you're familiar with it, but it's pretty daunting at first. It's pretty daunting.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have all these thoughts, you got to organize them, you have to make chapter titles, you got to edit it, make sure it's readable. It's got to be just like a very tedious work. And as someone who's not tedious, it just like gives me anxiety thinking about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it can be very tedious. Yeah. Well, a good editor helps.
0: Yeah, I, I believe that. Well, you are an editor, right? So I guess you're like two in one. <laughs> you edit your own work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am happy to have you on. So start off with this. I mean, your book, Love Makes Room, what is it about? What's the background? Start there, and then well, I'm sure we're going to d- dive into some of these topics.
1: Yeah, Love Makes Room is really a memoir. It's my story about a huge shift in my faith and my heart. Um, uh. After my daughter, my teenage daughter, came out as gay when she was when she was sixteen, um, raised as an evangelical, mm. I have two kids. I've you know raised both my kids evangelical churches. Um, I myself am actually um, a musician songwriter Hmm. i've been doing faith-based music in the church for since i was a teenager i've been (laughs) a worship leader all my life um and it's all been in these evangelical spaces i actually came up through assembly of god church Uh went to a baptist church went to a community church ended up at kind of a calvary chapel type of church here on the Mm -hmm. west coast so all of them are pretty mainstream evangelical churches yeah and um you know, having a daughter that came out uh fit absolutely nowhere in my framework or my understanding of like what what is life, what happens, <laughs> right, you know. And right. um, so it just was this kind of mind-blowing and heart expanding experience that um it actually happened 10 years ago. So I kind of want to say that up front that these are these are experiences that, that I went through 10 years ago that then I started writing the book five years ago. Hmm. And so, and, and, you know, the, the publishing process and just writing a book like you were earlier takes a while, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so there's some distance between the real freshness of that experience and where I am right now. And there's been certainly like a journey that my faith has been on. For sure,
0: yeah. So, I mean, walk. I'm so curious to know because this is such a. I know a lot of people who maybe are in that community, but I don't know really any parents that have you know children <laughs> who are in that community. So, mm-hmm. you really offer a perspective, I think, to our audience that that we don't always get. So, here you are, this like good church goer, right? Like you're leading worship, you're doing your thing, raising your kids right, and then your teenage daughter comes to you one day and says, "I think I'm gay." What, like, what happens in your mind when this happens?
1: You know, I, some parents say they have clues. Some parents say they can look back and say, oh, right. You know, well, maybe that explains A, B, C, D, E along the way. And, um, I had none of those things. For me, it came really out of the blue. I can remember the conversation where I was driving her to school one morning and she was crying and crying and I thought she was just kind of going through some sort of teenage angsty thing, you know? (laughs) Right, right. um, I was like, baby, you need to kind of just snap out of it. School's starting, you know, and um, I'm going to drop you off soon and and you're a mess. And so this whole episode in the car, which will remain seared in my memory forever, Mm. um, was so bizarre because I kept asking questions like, is did someone hurt you is there something going on at school is is there some you know it was like she didn't want to talk about it but she was the most upset I'd ever seen my my own daughter and um, yeah it was just this surreal experience where as a parent I'm trying to navigate these questions and, and I finally got to what I thought was the big whopper of all questions which is are you pregnant? You know? Uh,
0: right. <laughs> I thought, like you like, you've reached your peak now. This is like the worst pe- question. Like, right. That was my
1: ceiling, man. Like <laughs> right. I could not go any higher. And even at that point, I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna faint if she says yes, just because I could just imagine the scenarios playing out in my mind. Oh, you know, totally, we totally. weren't ready for that. And and she was like, No. And then I I, you know, it was so funny because somewhere in the recesses of my mind, well, actually, what what it was is she said, well, for starters, and again, she's, she's sobbing, you know, but she goes, well, for starters, my heart is broken. And so I thought, oh, it's a breakup, you know, like, okay, you know, I I can, we can get through this. And so then I'm asking her questions. (laughs) You you
0: know, like, okay, only a breakup. Great. She's not pregnant. I can handle the breakup.
1: (laughs) And so I'm saying, well, you know, is this someone you dated for a while? You know, and and then I asked, do I know him? You know, and none of it, just none of it was getting me anywhere. And finally, it was like from way down deep in some mother's intuition place in me, I was like, is like, is this about a girl, you know, and she kind of nodded. And then I said, are you, are you telling me that, that you're gay? And, um, you know, again, it's like, she couldn't even find the words. She was just, she just barely imperceptibly nodded and just continued to just sob, you know, cause I knew that it, like she knew in that moment that it all like, like she had said early in the conversation, she said, "Mom, if I tell you what's wrong, I have to tell you everything that's wrong." You know? Right, right. And because for her, that I know, she came with so much shame and secrecy, and um, just pain. You know, to tell me that. Uh, so it was this really, you know, it was just this really this moment where I realized that. You know, thank God we had a pretty open relationship. We, we'd had good communication over the years. And just that she trusted me with mm-hmm. that information initially was a huge um to me. Um, But at the same time, you know, the news kind of crept through my body like this cold fog. And I thought, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know. it. It goes against everything I understand or believe or have been taught or have been, exposed to. And I don't know what to do with this information. You know um, yeah, I did in the moment, thank God I reached over and gave her a huge hug and said, we will get through this. I love you, you know, mm-hmm. kind of reassured her in the moment. Yeah. And, but in doing that, I had to just kind of shove down all my questions, all my fears, right. all my doubts, because they were definitely there, you know? Right.
0: I mean, that's, that's an intense, Moment, right? Like a super intense moment for both of us. Yes, for, for both bo- of us. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, do you, so. Okay, this moment happens, and now your daughter's out of the car and in school, and now you're by yourself. And like, obviously, you grew up in the church, or you're part of the church for a long time. Yeah. So you you know, like, what you've been taught. You know that quote unquote scripture is clear. And now yes. you're. I gotta imagine you're. You gotta be like torn in half. That because yeah. like your religious beliefs are now totally at odds with like your child's identity. Right. What what's going through your mind at that point with it being so fresh still?
1: Right. Well, the first thing I wanted to do when I got home was, which is what a lot of people who are part of a faith community and have something that they consider life shattering or tragic, or they want to call their church community and and for me rally, you know, like right. they want to, I, I wanted to tap in. I want to call someone who could understand who I could just talk through this with. And not one person came to mind. Like no one in my friend group at um. church, had ever experienced this i didn't know anyone uh, i didn't know any other parents whose kids had ever come out to them um and it was and i even in that first day i remember thinking this is different this is not something i can tell my church body about this is not something i can go up for prayer for this is not unless i was saying um which in the beginning i was kind of saying like what is this? Is this a phase? Is this something, you know, I need to somehow pray away. Is this something we need to, uh, you know, you know, rally the saints and pray over her and get it, you know,
0: get the anointing oil out. out. Yeah. 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 You know, all
1: those things come to your mind and, and, but something, you know, kind of deep in me knew that like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't take that route like i knew i knew enough about her and, and and just kind of sensing the situation like i couldn't just um call and ask for prayer uh, from my pastor you know um right. i needed to figure out who was safe to talk to like yeah. right away right. um who was not going to say oh yeah you know um sucks for you sucks right. for your daughter sucks for your family like because it, it, there's something just very sort of tender and fragile in the first few hours where like what what you just said, you recognize, Oh, you know, this is, I already can sense this is a lot bigger of an issue than I ever gave it credit for, you know? Um, And I'm always amazed, you know, like just pressing pause on my own story. I'm always amazed that people like you, like, you know, like people that have not don't have it, Actual, you know, child or, or if, if it's not them or it's not a direct, you know, their best friend or something, if they're not touched personally by this, it's, it amazes me that people want to do this work of moving forward and understanding what, what it's even um, about this whole reconciling your faith with, with understanding the LGBTQ um, community. And, hmm. it, you know, I, I commend you even on asking these questions and having me on today, because I understand that it's such a, A um boy, it's just really a tricky issue in the church, you know. And um for me, it it was exactly like you said, there that my own sense of who I knew my daughter to be was not aligning with what I had always read and understood scripture to say about homosexuality. Right. And that's where the rub began to happen. I was just like, hang on, you know there are two things going on here. There's this belief framework that I've grown up with and that yeah. I've understood can yeah. quote you chapter and verse. Mm-hmm. And then there's the actual lived reality of my daughter yes. standing in front of me. And I'm, and I'm realizing, you know, I, I started just thinking about all those scriptures, you know, the sort of the, the vices lists, you know, yes. where homosexuality appears as a vice on those lists, you know, Yeah. and it's like, I'm passages. dropping my, yeah, and I'm yeah. dropping this child off at school who's like, loves puppies, <laughs> prays to Jesus every night, wouldn't right. hurt a fly. Right. Like, do you know what right. I mean? And I'm going, Isn't that really? Isn't drunk, you know?
0: <laughs> like, you know, like,
1: <laughs> is she, does she really belong on that list with kidnappers and thieves and idolaters and like yeah. all these words that I'm going, that's not working. That's not fitting for me. And, right, um, right. And so I knew in that first like day or two, like something had to give. Either my framework was going to give or the relationship was going to give. And I mean, the answer was already in front of me. Like I knew I had to push the limits of my own faith and my own understanding because my understanding of my daughter as beloved and perfect and made in the image of God did not change.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that is. That's the problem, right? Is like all of a sudden, all the theology in the world can't stand up to the human being in front of you that's stamped with the imago Dei. Like suddenly, yes. it's like no longer a contest, right? Like it's wait, why would I ever sacrifice my, in this case, my child on the altar of what I call perceived right theology? Like I, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna make that sacrifice. Like it just, it cannot happen. Um, so yeah. I, I understand what you're saying, but it also of course, is tough because when we've been taught our whole life that you know the Bible's God's word and that and that my pastor's interpretation is essentially God's word and anything yeah. outside of that, especially with this issue because it's mm-hmm. so politicized and mm-hmm. you know politics are so intertwined with this, so this issue in particular is such a hot button topic that it really has. Um, we, a lot of us have been told that this is a very clear cut and like primary issue. This isn't like, you know, women in leadership where John MacArthur has one view and Bill Johnson from Bethel has a different view. This is right. like, you're either in or you're out with this issue. Right. right? So, right. so yeah, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off.
1: No, you're, you're just, you're exactly right. And I, I began sensing that right away. And, yeah. and um, I, you know, I, it got to the point where um, I would, I, like I said, I had to be careful with who sort of who I started sharing it with, who I, I started telling it to in my own circle of friends, and um, you know the conversation would reach a certain point with with yeah. with most of my Christian friends, which is you know um, oh you know just this kind of oh, you know well, this heaviness and like oh we'll we'll be praying for her, we'll be praying for you, and in, initially I, I accepted that i wanted to i wanted that camaraderie i wanted that sense of community i wanted right. to be able to pray with my fellow believers but but you know over time i realized that what they meant by it we'll pray for you meant right. was was something like entirely different than what i was understanding and walking through you know they right. meant we'll pray that things will change for you and right. for her right um and and you know sure i i those were some of my initial thoughts too, but like as time went on and as, and as I began to, and to understand that this was not some kind of um, freakish, you know, phase or or something that she was going through. And this was really who she was. Um, I understood that, that you know, praying for her felt like an act of betrayal, praying for her mm. in the way that my Christian friends wanted to pray for her. yeah, And I didn't even go there anymore in my own prayer life. I was just, you know, realizing that that was not, it wasn't something because it, well, I mean, initially what, what it, or I I guess ultimately what, what I began to understand and it took time was that, um, you know, being gay was not, um, was not something a that she chose and it was also not something that God considered uh, a sin on her part, you know? That, right, That was so, a process to bring.
0: So what were some of the resources for you that really helped you going from what, what most would say would be a non-affirming position to now an affirming position? You know, like, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you still wanted to keep your faith. And so you had to reconcile this somehow. So, right. you, you know, what was that journey of reconciling the human being in front of you now with like the biblical outworking, I guess, and theology behind that?
1: Sure. No, that's a great question. And, and I have to tell you that the theology for me, the really sort of, you know, where the rubber hit the road, the hardcore theology part of it came, came later than the human part of it for me, you know, and maybe that's just simply because of the relationship, you know, I'm her mother. Right. And, um, but, but I will tell you though, that I think it's important to note that, that, one of the things I had to start dismantling right away was just my own biases and my own, um, what I grew up with in terms of my understanding of, of everything from, you know, uh, the gay agenda, which was something I was taught in the nineties was a real buzzword that, um, and to the gay lifestyle, to Mm. the gay community. Um, there were all these, um, kind of, um, yeah, labels that were, that were associated with something that was, um, you know, sinful and, um, an abomination. And, uh, I mean, all of these, all this language, all these associations I had about it were, and I also grew, grew up, you know, in, um, in San Francisco Bay area when the AIDS epidemic was just exploding. And, uh, so, you know, and during that time the christian community was not really very compassionate of at all of of um the people who were suffering from aids and so in fact there was really this this stronger sense that it was some kind of punishment and so you have to understand like all of that was part of my baggage that i brought Mm. to this whole this whole kind of um wrestling match you know and so i had to deal with some of that personal stuff first and then um and then, and I just kind of kept, it was like baby, baby, baby steps with the theology. I had to start with just what I said earlier, which is understanding that um, she was create. If I really did believe God in a creator God, then right. I believed that the creator God creates all things good. Yeah. And so if I believe that creative God, you know, creates all things good, which it's, it tells us throughout Genesis that, that he does. He looks back and says, it is good. Yeah. Um, then... Um, then I believed that she was created uh good, you know. Yeah. And in the same way that I I look at my child and think, oh, this is she's good. She's good just as she is. I, I knew, I, I knew just kind of on a cellular level that 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 she was considered good, just as she was. And that was a big part of it. And then um, you know, and for me, so that that was where kind of for me the idea of you know homosexuality as a noun, as a thing was different yeah. than a homosexual as a human being, you know, if you mm. will. Um, yeah. and so then good. I, I, I'm a language person. So I, like I was an English major in college and, you know, I, I love words. And so I thought, well, so much hinges on that word homosexuality and homosexual in the Bible. So then I just right. kind of dove in and I just really, really went hard in a study of language and context and, um, history and, um, you know, discovered what what a lot of people are beginning to discover, which is that the word homosexual wasn't even in the Bible until the mid nineteen forties or so. Yeah, and um, yeah, you know, and and when it when it did appear, um, the, you know, actual really good translators broke it down to to behavior that was exploitive, um, you know, and, um, and violent in some cases that that's a fairly, that's a fairly, um, widely understood and accepted translation of those cloppervers now. And so I, you know, I just kept kind of having these little baby steps, you know, toward, um, toward understanding and then i also i also spent some time just looking at the science of it you know Mm. and then and stepping away from what religious religious and church related materials and and commentators you know talked about and just said well what does the actual pure science say you know and it's, it's very interesting it's it's um you know it's I don't think you can get a theologian or a scientist to definitively tell you exactly why um, or how someone is gay. Um, But it was fascinating for me to learn, for example, that, that it's, it's commonly believed to be a human variant in the same way that, that people are left-handed or have red hair. Um, And that helped me, you know, understand a little bit more. Um, And you know, and then ultimately I had to kind of step back away from this very like intensive research and especially with regard to my own theology. And I just had to, um, I had to read Jesus. I had to really study and read Jesus again from the perspective of, uh, you know, a mother crying out and saying, Jesus, what do you really say? What do you really say? And of course there's, there's nothing about, there's nothing that I say specifically about homosexuality in right. the New Testament, but, but you know you begin to see you begin to see the themes emerge, right? You begin yeah. to see these themes of Jesus going after the marginalized of jesus um yep. of Jesus standing up against the religious um you know the pharisaical kinds of um you know thoughts and and mindsets of the day and yep. this whole idea that uh you know you've heard it said this is true, but I tell you. You know, and he kind of takes it deeper to these heart issues. And so, I guess the final, really the final piece for me was just looking overall at the whole arc of scripture in yes. the sense of looking at it from start to finish and saying, you have this creator God who creates human beings. And then the whole, you know, the whole Bible is the story of God pursuing relationship with these human beings that he's created and providing for them and and, and allowing you know forgiving them time and again, and reaching out and and I thought you know if if that's the kind of love I believe in and I see it over and over and over throughout traced throughout the bible right. um then surely that's that's the and you know that's the kind of love that God extends to all of us, every single one of us right and uh and you know it, it was almost as though my initial you know mother's instinct to say. Yeah, she's actually. This is actually who she is. She is good as she is, and she is she is perfectly made as she is. Yeah. Um, that my theology had to catch up with that, you yeah. know, with a deeper sense of knowing. Um. And and but eventually I did.
0: So you have this journey now, right? You're changing your theology big time, and you're still. I'm assuming serving in some kind of evangelical church context. Is <laughs> am I wrong to say that during this time?
1: Um, it, you know, it's, um, it's complicated (laughs) as you might imagine. Yes. Um, And that's kind
0: of what I'm getting to, you know, is like, how how did your, your, this community now that, you know, I I don't want to digress, but a lot of churches like to say, welcome home, your family, you know, I'm assuming your church Mm -hmm. had some kind of like mantra like that, you know? So now you're going to your community saying, Hey, I'm rethinking this stuff. And what happens?
1: Yeah. Um, well, there were. There were little signals early on in in my own church community that I'd been a part of for many years that indicated that there was, um, you know, there was compassion and acceptance for, but there most definitely was not um, full affirming, you know, and We recognize. My husband and I kind of recognized early on that, for example, our our daughter has had has really. um, She's a musician and she's incredibly um, gifted. And but it was it was made clear to us pretty early on that she wouldn't be allowed to serve on the worship team if that's something she wanted to do, you know. Yeah. And um, so there were conversations that happened along the way that let us know, ah, okay, so you can you can you can talk about it to this point, or you can get to this point, and then we can agree. But then there's this sort of cutoff, you know. Right. Right. And for my daughter's sake, you know, she she stopped going to church pretty pretty fairly soon after she came out to us. Um, I think she sensed the, just the, I wouldn't say non-welcoming because I think most church people feel that they're welcoming and, and are acting in a loving way to the extent that they're, that they have that understanding and that, and that compassion. But, but there is a point at which as a parent, and I'm, I'm sure even more so as an LGBTQ person, you just don't belong in those spaces anymore. Right. Um, or you feel that sense of not belonging for me, it was a matter of, you know, realizing I, I, was standing next to people who, um, in many cases would not want the same kind of future for my child as they would want for their child. Um, yeah. they wouldn't want the same good, full flourishing life right. for my child as they would for theirs. Right. And that became somewhat of a deal breaker. Um, although you know i it's complicated like i said there were times there've been times you know because part of my vocation has been as a as a speaker and a musician and a songwriter and and i've really actually been making my living in in evangelical churches since i can remember Mm. so as i've been well i will tell you this the book is probably the biggest step i've taken toward being um as definitively open and and public about where I stand as Ah, as
0: Yes. I know what you're saying where you kind of feel like um, you just choose your words kind of carefully. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be like, I am straight up affirming unapologetically. So you tend to like, yeah, like, you know, love and grace, but this is you kind of now saying like, I am unapologetically affirming. I mean, this is kind of like your moment. Is that what you're saying?
1: I am. I I did um, post a... I published a blog post about f- uh, five years ago when the Supreme court ruling, um, uh, am my words are not coming. Um, legalizing gay marriage in yeah. 2015 and, You know, there was just this kind of like deluge of just just conflict and fighting on on Facebook, and I just remember thinking, uh, you know, like I feel like sitting here and not saying something is being complicit in Mm. um, some of these really hateful things that were being said. So I actually did post kind of a a public declaration of where my heart was and where we come as a family, Mm. Um, and it actually it was really the. The impetus behind why 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 I wrote the book uh, mm. because the the um the reaction to it was as close to viral as I think anything I've ever done, wow. or you know, yeah, hundreds of texts and wow. messages and emails came in to me, many of them from other people in evangelical ministry saying, I can't believe you're talking about this. My son, my daughter, my grandchild, wow. my niece, my nephew, but I can't say anything because I'll lose my job. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it was, it was so eye opening for me to. Because, you know, you feel so isolated. You think you're the only family going through this, this thing. And then suddenly you say something out loud and you know, this just from your, the community that you've built, it's like all of a sudden, whoosh.
0: It's shocking. I mean, I'm like, you too? You, are you sure?
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that's what's, you know, that would, that's what happened when I did the pub, published the blog post. And so at that point, I just, I, I kind of knew that I needed to to write our story because it um, it felt unique to us, but it also, you know, it opened my eyes at how ununique it really was, how many families are really walking through this. They're just not able to really talk about it at, at the level, and have conversations at the level that they need to have, you know?
0: Yeah, there is something to be said about um, that concept of, Oh, I've been struggling with this for a long time and I never knew I could I can open up to someone to talk about it. And I get that a lot on my account about everything, whether it's doubt, the LGBT issue, um, racism yes. is a big one, even how they how people see the Bible, you know, it's like, wait, like you too? And so it is telling that so many people who who will attend a uh, Sunday morning evangelical church service and say the amens and say the hallelujahs deep down have a lot of reservations about, about what they're being taught. So I really relate to that side of, of that feeling of like, you're getting all these messages and you're like, whoa, I didn't realize like that. I hit on something unintentionally that is way bigger than I ever thought. I thought it was just me. So I I I think too,
1: one of the things that I, I really, sorry to to interrupt you. Um, I, uh, one of the hopes I really have for this book, yeah, and I I was as, you know, I was as honest and open and kind of just bared it all yeah. about the process of the bridge, kind of walking across that bridge from that non-affirming evangelical place to um to to coming to an affirming, accepting, understanding of LGBTQ um people is that I think, to your point, that a lot of people are wanting to make that journey across that Bridge. Yep. They just don't know how. They don't yeah. know how to make some of those leaps right. that I forced myself to make because it was my child. It w- right. it felt life or death for me, you know? Right. And I think for some people, they can kind of go, oh, you know, they'll think about it on a Sunday or when they're out with their friends or they'll think about it when they see a movie or they'll think about it when they see a post. But they can, you know, I had the luxury for a long time of just kind of setting it aside and going, well, I don't really have to think that hard about it right. until my own child came out. And yes. then, but I think, you know, so I think stories like mine that are not necessarily anything, you know, um, unusually earth shattering, but stories like mine, I think are going, to, I hope, are going to help people have the language and the tools to help make them, you know, help them make those leaps across that bridge
0: yeah that makes sense I mean even myself I, I tell all my followers that um I'm still theologically like working through these verses you know I'm still trying to figure yeah. out like okay how does this work where, where do I where do I land on what the verses say or don't say even though I am a very I'm fully affirming as far as a human being goes you know like I think the mm-hmm. LGBTQ community needs to be in the church more they should be serving I'm all yes. about that regardless of like you know if someone says theologically I land here or there almost kind of like a speaking in tongues issue, right? Like some churches would sure. say, I speak in tongues, some don't, but we still agree that we're still in the faith, right? And I, I'm trying to get people, sure. to at least like, get to that, that like middle ground, like guys, even if you don't see it the same way, there's still room and, and this community mm-hmm. needs to be a part of this because you know what's interesting? I am finding in my circles now, especially on Instagram, there are a lot of of LGBTQ Christians who refuse to give up on their faith, um, even though the church, by and large, not every church, but a lot of churches have pretty much said, you're out of here, like, you gotta go, you know? So it is interesting to me to see that community, like, there is a very pretty large subculture in the LGBTQ community of people of faith who 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 refuse to give up on it.
1: I, and I think that's a, such a beautiful, resilient thing because, yeah. it, it, you know, if you've done any time looking at the history of the church and the LGBTQ community, it is—it's atrocious how how they've been treated. And um, yeah. Yeah. I find it—it's ab- it, one of the things that ab- breaks my heart on a daily basis. Actually, are my are my friends who are um, LGBTQ? And who, who, who love the church more than I do. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, it, and the way they've been treated has been scandalous, but, Mm, um, but what a beautiful witness and what fruit, what beautiful fruit that is evidenced in their lives that I think uh, ultimately is going to be part of this journey toward all of us getting there, you know?
0: So let's talk about your book. I mean, that is why you're here, obviously, you know, and uh, so you said your book is kind of like a a memoir, but is it Mm -hmm. also like, is it, is it, uh, is it aimed? Who's it aimed at? Is it aimed at parents who might have children who are in in that community? Is it aimed towards kids in that community? I mean, like, what, what is, what's your target audience here?
1: Sure, uh, you know I think it's I think the target audience for this book is anyone who is in this space that you and I are just talking about right now, which is mm-hmm. anyone who has, um, who's kind of in that gray area where they're going, you know, I know what the Bible says, and that's how I've been raised, and I I have deep respect and love for the Bible and right. for God, but I also see this other side that's that says, you know, th- these there's something that's not working between these two sides and I need to yes. get to that side somehow. Right. Um, so it's told in story form. I mean, it's narrating my story and going through oh, kind okay. of just my experience. Um, so that in that sense, it's memoir. So it's just, it's like, and it, what I've been told by people who are, who got early copies and who are reading it is that it's one of those books that you just, you sit down and then you just, you just, you blast through it. You know what I mean? Yes. It's not a super heavy stop and think hard. It's just like, this is the story. This is how it happened. And these are the things I learned from it. This is the insight that I got from it. And this is where I landed right now, you know? And, um, and so it, I think, I think parents for sure, probably the really, you know, heart of the target is going to be parents who have Christian parents who have kids who've come out as LGBTQ, but I also think anybody who has a loved one or a friend or family member in their life that's coming out or has come out and they're struggling with their own faith, um, how to reconcile this. It's, that's who it's for.
0: What is your favorite chapter of the book?
1: I think my favorite chapter, my my phone just started ringing. Sorry. I think my favorite chapter of the book is, um, Probably the chapter where I I have this um, this experience with this person who I went to. So I, I'm a musician and I do house concerts sometimes. Oh, cool. You know, That's great. yeah, it's it's really fun. But so it was one of the very first times I ever told the story about how, how I had a daughter that had, had come out recently and and. Um, and I remember, you know, being a little bit just, again, not sure how the crowd was going to receive right. the story. <laughs> it's and, you know, a pretty just, big
0: bomb the drop. you know, so. is, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> As I'm singing these songs about God and, right. you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, eh, you know.
0: Yes, my c- daughter just came out. Anyway, so this song, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, 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 right.
1: And right. I, I've been in situations where, like, uh, where I've, I was at a women's retreat one time way up in the mountains. And I was sort of like the, I was the speaker and the musician and the worship leader for the whole women's retreat. And I, and I, I, I mistook this crowd (laughs) for being really um, open to these, to this line of thinking and open to these conversations. And I, I, I shared something about it on this on the Saturday night of this retreat. And that night, someone that the leader came knocking on my cabin door and said, um, <laughs> uh, basically, we need you to just you're not going to speak for any more of the retreat. You're, you're done. We, we, um, we can't receive this from you. We can't receive anything more from you because we don't agree with you. Your, your ideas don't align with our church doctrine. Therefore okay. you're, you're not welcome to come and do the rest of your, your speaking. And, and so like, wow. there are times, yeah, there's times when that, that happens. And so, um, there I was at this house concert and I thought, well, what, what have I got to lose? It's a house concert. They're going to kick me out of their house. You know? so, <laughs> right. so I just started sharing about it. And, um, and afterwards a woman came up to me and she said, uh, she seemed really just like, kind of like, you know, she made like a beeline for me and she like Uh-oh. gave me what I thought was the evil church lady. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's coming and for you.
1: She was coming for me. And she said, um, she said, so I remember her exactly. Like she said, so she said, you, you grew up in the church, right? And I said, Yeah. She goes, And you, you believe, uh you know, you you believe in the Bible and all that, right? And I said, Yeah. And she said, uh, she said, So what? You just one day you woke up and just decided to change your mind about what you believed about homosexuality? And I you know, and I just kind of stood there with like deer in the headlights because I hadn't really developed the elevator pitch yeah, yet. You yes, know, how yes. the,
0: well, do you have three I, hours I'll walk you through all the verses? You know, yeah. Exactly. exactly yeah.
1: It's just like that, and so I, I, I just had to kind of swallow my pride and go. As a matter of fact, I, I, I did change my mind. I, I, it took a while, and I went through. It was a long process, and I did a lot of research and a lot of prayer and a lot of consulting with people I really trust about this, but yes, I ultimately I did change my mind. And she goes, she goes, okay, good. Well, that gives me hope because she said, my mom's Catholic and my sister's gay. And my mom has shut my sister out, Mm. but she said, your story gives me hope that maybe my mom will accept my sister again. And then she said, um, and then she said, do you have any more, any of this on uh, any of this online or anything on your website? And I thought she meant like, my music because I've just done a whole concert and I go, (laughs) oh yeah, you can give me my music and she goes, no, 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 your music's fine she goes, but story. I I need this story. And it was so low
0: key insulting by the way to a musician. Yeah. Your music's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Whatever, whatever.
1: It's fine. But yeah. Yeah. But it was this great kind of moment where I thought this is what it's going to be like talking about this story. You know, it's going to just kind of come down to these really basic moments with, with people and going, guess what? It's really okay to change your mind about this. It's really Okay. And also, um, I think, again, it was that realization that this topic touches s- people. Yeah. Even if they're not saying it is, it does. Right,
0: right. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, David Gushy. He wrote the book, Changing yes. Our Mind. Yeah, he's great. I interviewed yeah. him um, a couple months ago. I actually scheduled him. I scheduled him back on in a few weeks from now, because he wrote a great book on post-evangelical. It's it's phenomenal. But, um, anyway, he wrote that book, and I recommend that to a few people on my account and stuff. It's a great read. I also are you familiar with that with with Preston Sprinkle's work?
1: I am yeah, okay. he he was one of the books I read uh, um early on. I also read um Torn by Justin Lee, um God and the Gay Christian Matthew Vines. yeah, Matthew if you've Vines, heard of yeah, him. Yeah. Um, and then Colby Martin wrote a book called Unclobber. I I'm actually of-
0: I just got invited on his show in May. I'll be on his show. so oh, yes, I've heard good so things about his, his book.
1: He's great. In fact, Unclobber was the book that for me really broke it down into very plain English. And I had read a lot of books by then about it, but like Colby's just sort of said, let's just let's just talk plain English here, you know. I love and that. He, he did it really well. Yeah. Um, Preston Sprinkle, uh, I thought uh, does a, a really good job too. Um in, in my heart and, and in my experience, he doesn't go far enough. Yes, um,
0: I get yeah. that. Well, he would still say that he holds to tr- a traditional sexual ethic, even right. though you would never really know that by like his initial interviews. Like his podcast is full of his friends who are all in that community. So, and I just read his book, uh, *Disembodied*. Um, I haven't read that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, again, for me, I found it. I found it very informative, and very helpful. Mm-hmm. And for again, for someone in, from that perspective, I don't know how anyone likes him because he pretty much like blows away like, any like you know. Theology that I guess would like support the mainline view. It's, I don't know. Right. He, he's an anomaly to me. I'm like, Preston, I don't get it, man. Like you talk one way, then you say, yeah, but I to hold to a, a sexual traditional ethic. It's like, what? I would never know that unless you told me that. You know? Right, So right, it's um, interesting. Yeah, he's, he, again, I, I respect the heck out of him, you know? And he also, mm-hmm. he has some great views on hell that ha- he's helped me work through mm-hmm. some of that stuff. But mm-hmm. so let me ask you mm-hmm. this, you know, because obviously like I would imagine that there are definitely, I'm not sure maybe on this podcast because my audience is more, millennials. So I have a 10 month old. So I'm, I've thought about this question before. Um, you know, my, my, my wife and I had discussed like, well, if our son ever comes out, you know, like, how are we going to handle that? So like, you know, what, based on your experience, especially now you're, you're 10 years removed, which actually gives you a lot of wisdom and hindsight, mm-hmm. what do you think you did really well? And what do you think maybe that you didn't do so well that, that maybe you would change if you could? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Sure. That's a great question. I I think what I did well, at least I hope what I did well is from the very get go. Um, I, my daughter's name is Abby.
0: Okay. Oh, I might've lost you all of a sudden. Oh no. Oh no. I lost you.
1: That and this is something that's difficult Hold for on. parents.
0: You got to stop. Sorry, I, you cut out for about a good ten seconds there. So okay, yeah, no problem. I'm back. Okay, yeah, you're totally back now. Let's try it one more time. So, um, what you did well, what you didn't do well. Your daughter's name is Abby. Go for it. Okay.
1: So I think what I think I did well, at least what I hope I did well, is to let Abby know that I was on her side from the get-go. Just from from the perspective of I'm still your mom. You're still my daughter. You you um, you will remain. Uh, precious to me. You're a treasure to me, all of that. Like my love for her never changed. And we didn't, um, we, you know, I know that some kids actually get removed from the house or, you know, because when Abby came out, it was no, she's not one of those kids that was like shy or, you know, wanted to stay in the closet. Or I mean, once she was out to us, Mm -hmm. she was full on out on her Facebook page she was out um in public at her school she was out i mean she was she was really out you right. know and um and uh and so i think w- probably what i would do differently is that i would allow her story to be her story and mm-hmm. and not worry about that part so much because i because of what i did for a living and because i had a kind of a public persona around church and church people i i think i tried to um I tried to control the narrative. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And, um, and I think that's uh, why, why, you know what I mean? There's nothing to hide. It's like, we all are just human beings going through whatever yes. we're going through and trying to learn this thing called life and get through it and be good to each other. And, Right, I think I felt like I would be perceived as a bad Christian or a bad parent if I didn't, you know, say the right things and do the right things. And so there was some of that. There was some of me trying to control my image early on that I think may have been hurtful to my daughter um, that I wish I'd done differently.
0: Did you ever find a safe like, Christian community for you and your family that were fully accepting and affirming that you feel are like your people?
1: I feel like my people, and I'm sure a lot of people will say this. My people are more um, across the distance. They're people I've met online. They're people I've met yeah. um, over time. You know, there are a handful of friends who are local that stuck with us. You know, um, that walked with our family through this and that kind of landed in the same place we landed yeah. with regard to. Uh, but those are fairly few. They're a small group, and wow. we haven't found. Um, we actually haven't found. a a church yet but in california and we i just think we haven't looked hard enough to um to find an affirming church yet but you know you have to understand too like you know when you come from a certain church background and a and a and a faith tradition like those ways of worshiping and being and hearing god's word being taught all that like all of that stuff it's all very comforting and familiar you know yes (laughs) I mean, I I wasn't raised Episcopal. I wasn't raised Presbyterian. I wasn't raised Methodist. Um, Sometimes I wish I had been just because I wouldn't have come to this topic with so much baggage.
0: Right. But
1: but also that's my comfort place when I think about worship, when I think about church. So it's been kind of hard to find another church that feels like home. It feels like church home.
0: I (laughs) so get that. I mean, I've, I've been drumming now 22 years in the church, you know, like that is just what I do. I... I serve, and I help out in church, and so um, you know I understand like how difficult that can be. I also think I might have lost you again, so I'm you know, gonna. We got
1: froze. We froze there for a sec. You said I've been back? coming for 22 years. That's where I lost you.
0: Okay, yeah, I've been home for a long time, um, and it feels like home. Like you said, you know, it's yeah. like I I I only know how to how, how to be a, how to serve in that context well. And so the mm-hmm. idea of losing that, as we both know, is just very like heartbreaking is probably the best word for it. You know, it's it like that's is. like a part of me. Especially being a musician you know, the evangelical church has given people like pro-level spaces. I mean, I'm used to, yes. I mean, even now I'm talking to you with my in-ears in, you know, I'm yep. used to yep. on a, playing on a certain level and the yep. idea of going Episcopalian, <laughs> like, I love the theology, but my gosh, I think I would die in the liturgy, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I understand the feeling of like, yeah, what do we do? So so for you right now, it seems like you're saying most of your support is online with like a few friends kind of here and there. Is that, is that kind of the case?
1: I think so, yeah. Um, and books, books have been my my yeah. dear, dear friends. In the past ten years, I've read so many books that have just made me not feel so alone in the world. You know, in this world, this weird space. Yeah,
0: it's it's a, we are like a weird. We're, we're 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 in the biggest subculture in America, and then in a the subculture of that. You know, like you're kind wow. of like two yeah. bubbles, like in here. Mm-hmm. So it's. Not only do you have to find a subculture, then then you're like, oh, wait, but what? Are you in this sub-subculture? So
1: I know. It's I, a
0: weird space. This deconstructing space is like, it's very Twilight zone Um but, It's weird. But thank
1: God for... Thank God for technology and thank God for what we're able to do here and what you know what what people and, and for other people just to be able to find community and find and feel not feel crazy as they're walking through this. Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. So last question for you. I like asking my guests who are kind of in this space, um, you know, is is there hope for the evangelical church in its current form? You know, I really struggle with this. There are days where I'm like, Yes, there's tons of hope. Then there's days where I'm like, give me the bulldozer. Give me the Molotov cocktail. I'll be the first one to throw it in. We got to yeah. redo the whole thing. You know, especially when it comes to your children. I mean, am 10. My son's only 10 months old. I already feel protective, let alone yes. like my teenage daughter who comes out, you know? So right. wh- how do you feel? Like, is there, are you seeing the tides slowly starting to shift in this issue? Do you mm-hmm. see like a big divide coming? Like, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, you know, what's interesting is, and and I can only really gauge it by my own personal experience, but like when I first, first put my tippy toes, you know, in the water of talking about this, I'm telling you anytime I posted anything online about it, it was like my church friends just ghosting me, you know, just like everybody was gone. Nobody Mm -hmm. liked it. Nobody commented on it. Nobody, no, not even any like private messages, but I can tell you that the last five years as I've gotten more vocal about it, but I think also as culture has moved forward, I think church people, whether it's just by sheer exposure to it more, um, or if their own hearts are turning, or if it's like what we were talking about earlier, and that is sort of the mass in the middle is gray, you know, you've got black and you've got white, but the mass in the middle is gray. And if we can tell more stories, if we can be people like us who are kind of, you know, moving into these spaces of, of more progressive. And I, and sometimes I don't like that word "progressive." It, me- it right. makes it sound like we're somehow, you know, superior. But I guess just for me, it's just um, it's more of an open, a more open-hearted place, a more wholehearted, open-hearted place. You know?
0: Yeah, there are more. There, there's more seats at the table. That's what we're asking yeah. for. You know, like yeah. we're asking for more seats at the table of a faith that we love and are obsessed yeah. with to the point where even if we get hurt, we have to keep going back into it. So right. I think that's what we're asking for is we need more seats.
1: I, I agree. And a lot of, you know, uh, some people have sort of posed the question to me, like, why, why have you written this book? Because in yeah. some ways it's like what you said, there's like this, this Venn diagram, there's a big circle uh-huh. of like people who don't have a problem with LGBTQ at all. And then you right. have people who will never affirm LGBTQ to people. Cause they're, you know, it's the Bible is clear, you know, right. but yeah, then you totally. have this, the, where the, you know, the circles are overlapping, right. Where's that little, Venn diagram overlaps. And those are the people I wrote the book for. And, you know, um, and so I think that this idea of just expanding, expanding, expanding and making room is is such a good metaphor. Yeah,
0: I'm all about it. Well, listen, uh, Stacey, it was great having you here on this episode. Um, Where can people find you? Where can they find the? How can they preorder the book? Like plug all of your social media channels, plug everything away.
1: Oh, that's sweet of you. Um, so yeah. So the book comes out May 11th. Uh, it's called, if I can just whip it out here, Sure, there it it's is. called Love Makes Room and um, it's available on Amazon and where any books are sold. You can find me um, just at stacyfrenis.com. That's my website where you can find music and the book. And then um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of them are just under my name, Stacey Frenis
0: great. I'm sure to put some of those in the show notes for sure. So, um, Stacy, great having you on. Thank you for making the time and, uh, yeah, I wish you the best.
1: Thank you so much. Great conversation.
0: Absolutely.